0: To hear tremendous fruitfulness, amen. And this is the month, March, where we're declaring that God is more than enough In March, He's more than enough in every area. Any need I could have, any anything that pertains to life that I could need, He is a more than enough God. He's a supplying God. He's a healing God. He's a victorious God. We learned last week that He is our victory. He already got the victory for us on the cross. He declared, "Tetelestai." He shouted with a loud voice, "It is." finished. He said it loud enough for his father to hear so he could say, father, everything you asked me to do is all done. I have completed the assignment that you sent me for. He said it loud so the devil could hear. The devil said, "Er, what? Wait a minute. What? Oh, yeah. He made a show of him openly, triumphing over him in it. In what? In the cross. So he said it loud enough for all of hell and every demon to know they had lost. Amen. And then he said it loud enough for you and me to know that it is finished. The work of redemption is finished. We've been bought back. We've been healed. We've been set free. We've been delivered. We've been been forgiven for sin. He's put us back like we were supposed to be, given us eternal life. Hallelujah. He has done it all by himself because he is God nobody took his life he said he laid it down when he said it is finished he said it says that he he said into your hands i commit my spirit and he gave up his ghost gave up his spirit nobody took it but he laid it down he did it for you and me so it is finished we have the victory already so the fight is not for victory people we already have the victory the fight is to stay in faith The fight is to stand and to keep on standing. The fight is having done all to stand what? Stand therefore, keep on standing. Why? Because I already have the victory. He's already done it for me. He's a more than enough God. He did more than enough on that cross than we could ever need. He's more than enough. There is no end to his goodness, no end to his faithfulness. He's not deaf that he can't hear us and his arms not short that he can't reach us. I'm telling you, he's a powerful God today. Amen. He's an almighty God. Let's look here. Number one, God is more than enough. He's El Shaddai. And I increase the definition of El Shaddai this week he's all powerful almighty God but he's all sufficient all powerful sustainer who triumphs over every obstacle and all opposition that's why he said when you find yourself in a trial when you find yourself in a hiccup or in an issue or in a situation he said cheer up I'm telling you this so you'll have some peace cheer up I've overcome the world I have deprived it of power to harm you so whatever you're going through, he's the one who's going to get you through it. You might feel like this is so hard right now, I want to give up, but don't give up. Don't you dare give up. I was telling Tracy this morning, you know, the power of God and the breakthrough in your life, it's right there. Yeah. I want you to know today, it's right there. Last week as we came to church, there's, there's a line of crepe myrtles that go through the, the airport where we come, the, the way we come to church on Hardy. But as we go through the airport, there are trees, crepe myrtle trees lined up there that were just sticks last week. It looked dead last week. It looked look like nothing was happening last week. But you know what? This week, they are covered with leaves. That means that last week, it was already there, about to pop out. Oh, that ought to encourage your faith this week, because it might look dead this week. might look like nothing is happening this week, but I'm telling you, it's right there. It's right there. It's about to pop out. It was November of 2017 when I'm like, God, what are you doing? How much longer until this miracle you said was going to happen takes place in my life? God, when is it going to happen? I'm ready. I'm ready. And I got myself together and got up, dusted myself off, back in faith again. God, out of these ashes, you're going to give me beauty for these ashes. I know you are. I'm going to rise up. And it was not even two weeks later that I met my miracle, which is Murray. Hallelujah. It was right there when it felt like nothing was happening. Come on, somebody. It's right there. You just got to stay in faith and believe we already have the victory. Glory to God. Triumphs over every obstacle and all opposition. He's Elohim. He's a strong creator. If it don't exist, he can make it for you. He's Adonai. He's the Lord strong and mighty. Psalm 147, 2 through five, it says the Lord builds up Jerusalem. I love this because it says he gathers together the outcasts of Israel. Israel was scattered to the ends of the earth. Israel was not even a country anymore, but he began to call them back. He began to call them back from everywhere. They were speaking Yiddish and all kinds of languages. He called them back to the land of Israel, gave them their their land back. Never in the history of the world has this ever happened for any other country than for the country of Israel. Gave them their language back. They speak Hebrew again. It was through a miracle that he caused a man who still knew the Hebrew language. It was a lost language to a lost country. God restored it. He called him back. I'm telling you, if he could do something that seemed so impossible, why? See, until that happened, we could not even believe for, for the return of Jesus Christ yet. Because the, Israel set the stage. Israel becoming a nation set the stage for the return of Jesus Christ. Now everything has happened. Everything he said, he even said the desert would bloom. The desert is blooming. See, God can do the impossible. He is a mighty God. And I just put that in there so you could say, if God, if you could bring a whole country back together from nothing, bring back their language when everybody had forgotten how to speak it except one man, if you could do that, God, I'd know my little situation ain't nothing to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the numbers of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. He's Jehovah, the self-existent eternal God who's revealing himself. He is the great I am. He's the who, what, when, where, why, how, and because. Jehovah Rapha says he's the Lord, my healer. And they they called him the Lord, my healer, when they were thirsty. They'd come out of bondage, sure enough, right? But they were in a place where they had to believe God for everything. They were in the wilderness where everything God wanted to teach them. To trust him for all their needs, they got to learn that I'm more than enough. So, I got to bring them out of Israel, I got to bring and bring them out of Egypt, out of everything that's familiar to them. And I got to bring them out to this place where they can learn to trust me. So, they were hungry. What did God do? He rained down manna from heaven. Nobody else could get credit for that, but God was more than enough for them while they were there in the wilderness. Amen. And then they got thirsty. I think this is funny. It says their jubilation over liberation soon turned to frustration over dehydration (laughs) because they were dehydrated. They were in the desert with no water. So they find some water in this place called Mira, I believe. They get there, and the waters were bitter. They couldn't drink it. The the waters were poison, so God tells Moses to throw a piece of wood in the water. I don't know how that's going to work, but how many of you know, even if it sounds silly, obey God. He threw the, the rod into the water, and the water became sweet, and they were able to drink again. Praise God. Hallelujah. So He's the Lord who can heal the waters. He can heal your body. And then He's Jehovah Jaffa, Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord who sees and provides. He's the Lord who sees what you need. You know, He says over in Matthew, he says your, your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. He sees what your need is. He already knows what it is, but He says you need to ask. Ask. And the, the knock, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open to you. And then nobody describes, describes him like David can, Jehovah-Rohi. He's the Lord, my shepherd. Psalm 23, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I love how David, what I love about David is that he had uh, 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 a faith declaration. Amen. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. So because he's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by the still water. See, we like to read this at a funeral, but ain't nothing about death. It's about living with him, leading me in life. Number three, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, Though I walk Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Woo! I had him do that for me one time. Quickly, I'll tell you. Maybe there's somebody here who hadn't heard my sissy and Tina, Tina and sissy story. When I was a teenager, I was homeless. So... Uh, you know, I had to run away because my dad was abusive. He used to hit me in the face and call me stupid and, and really was just horribly abusive. Kicked my sister in the face. I thought he was going to kill her. So I, I ran away to avoid all of that. And, you know, my clothes didn't look right. So Sissy and Tina made fun of me. They made fun of me because I didn't look just right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm homeless, which is bad enough, and then people going to make fun of you because you're homeless. Come on, y'all ain't right. So... Fast forward like about three years, and and, and by a sovereign move of God, I'm working in a telephone room selling club plans at Olin Mills Portrait Studio. The manager comes back and says, our photographer quit. We're looking for a photographer. Well, one of y'all like to try out to be. You don't need any experience. They looked right at me and said, what about you? It took me in the camera room, gave me a test. I I, I passed the test, boom, got the job and became a photographer in like three minutes. Had a good little job, making me a little bit of money. Started to prosper a little bit. Had me a little red Corvette. Hallelujah, my clothes were looking right. I was just cute as I could be. Praise the Lord. So I go through the drive-thru at Hardy's to get me a biscuit on the way to work. Who's working at the drive-thru? But Tina. So there's Tina. And I wish you could have seen her face. I'm just smiling up, Tina, it's you. She's like, Sally. She looks out at the car, and she looks at me. She, I, I'm like, you work here. She goes, yeah. Where do you work? I said, I work at the mall right across here. I'm a, I'm a photographer. I had a career. God had blessed my life. And the truth is that I, I wasn't qualified to pass out the biscuits in the window. I didn't have an education. I wasn't qualified to do her job. But God had favored me, and he'd spread a table to let Tina see it. He'll let you live long enough. He'll let let your enemy live long enough to see him bless your life. Woo, I'm telling you, don't you give up. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. Because God's got a plan to bless you. Hallelujah. So he prepares a table. He says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Let's back up and say my cup runs over. Oh, if my cup runs over, that means he's got more than enough. Amen. Then he can just keep on pouring and let it keep on pouring over. I live in the overflow and not off the scraping off the bottom of the cup, but my cup overflows. Amen. Says he anoints my head with Fresh oil. Hallelujah. He's got fresh oil for every day. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that David had a faith declaration. Number one, he works in our lives according to our faith. David had a faith declaration. But he's able. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. So he's able to do it. He's more than enough, but it works according to his power that is at work within us. It's according to his power that's at work within us. It's according to his power that is at work within us. He's got the more than enough. He's able to do it, but it happens because of the power that is at work within us. Y'all got to help me preach better than that. Message translation says God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. So those of you who are sitting on the couch waiting on God to drop it on you, that's not how it works. You've got to get out and do something. You've got to be confessing it with your mouth, believing it in your heart. Amen. Let the, the power of faith work in us through our faith. 1 John 5, 4, it says, And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our faith. The victory that overcomes the world is our faith. He's already overcome it. And it's just our faith that will cause us to receive that victory. You know, after Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood, and after he raised Jairus' daughter, you could say Jesus was on a roll that day. Two blind men started following him and crying out to him. Son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. I don't know how they follow. They're blind, but they follow in Jesus. Was he hollering? the hole? How did Jesus keep them following? Somehow, even being blind, they were able to follow Jesus. They wanted to see so bad. Whatever it took, they asked, did, did you see Jesus come out this way? Which way did he go? Point me in that door. Just turn me until I'm going the right direction. Whatever they had to do to, to, to figure out where he, they were blind, but they followed Jesus. How did they do that? Oh, God. Oh, God. They wanted it bad. How bad do you want it? How bad do you do you want to be healed? Do you want your finances to be fixed? How bad do you want it? All right, amen, I heard that. So they were crying out to him. And he says, heal us. We want to, We want to. he's like, well, what do you want me to do for you? We want, to, we want to see. We want to be able to see that we might see, Master. And look what Jesus said in Matthew 9. He said, Jesus said to them, do you believe I'm able to do this? That's a question you've got to ask yourself. What is it on your vision board? What is it? You've got to answer that question. Jesus is asking you today, do you believe I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. So he works and deals with us according to our, so it's important that we get more faith. Amen. All right, number two, he's able to make every kind of grace come to me in abundance. Whatever it is that I need for my life, whatever grace it is, and the grace of God, the power of God, the ability of God, the strength of God, he's able to make it come to you in abundance. Second Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make. You ought to underline or put a circle around. He's able to make. God is able to make. To make it happen. God is a make it happen God. He's able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, come to you in abundance. So that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So he's able to make whatever it is that you need, all grace, manifold grace. That means it's, it's many and it's varied. It's what you need, where you need it, when you need it. Amen. So he's able to make it come to you in abundance so there's no problem on God's side. He's able to do it according to the power that works in us and as we believe Him. So number three, got to know this. If it matters to me, it matters to God, and there's a favor for it. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Why? You're His child. Look at your own children. If it matters to them, doesn't it matter to you? Amen. Well, it matters to God. Whatever it is that matters to you, it matters to Him. Hallelujah. And, you know, that kind of goes around in that, you know, if it matters to God, it matters to me. So what matters, if it matters to me, it matters to God, because what matters to God matters to me. Amen. I'm seeking him first, so all these things come upon me. So if it matters to me, it matters to God, and there's a favor for it. What is the favor? God raising up somebody to use their power, ability, and influence to help me. I get excited about the favor of God. When it matters to me and God comes through and does something for me, something I've been believing for, I've been thinking about, it, it blesses my heart. When you receive favor, this week Pastor Carolyn called me, and I, I answered my phone. Uh, Pastor Carolyn called me, and she was like, Pastor, thank you for answering your phone. I was going to call people until somebody answered. She said, I, I, I guess I wasn't the first call, and I wouldn't offend it. I wouldn't offend it that, that she didn't call, she called somebody else first, but I answered the phone because any time I see Pastor Carolyn call, I'm going to answer the phone. If I'm, if I'm available. So I answered the phone, and she said, Pastor, I'm so excited I had to tell somebody what happened. She said, my, 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 long story short, she said I had broken my retainer on my teeth. And she said uh, it was going to be too expensive to get the top and the bottom one fixed. So she said, I thought, well, I'll just get the bottom one for right now, and then I'll just save up and be able to get the top one. And she was explaining this to the lady. Well, I'll just get the bottom one for now, and I'll you know, save a little bit back every week until I can get the top one. And uh, so she goes in to pick it up, I guess, a week later or so couple weeks. She goes in to pick it up and the lady hands her her boxes, her box with her retainer. She says, there's a little something extra in there for you too. She opens it up and it's her top and bottom retainer. Look at God. It mattered to her. So it mattered to God. Hey, That's the kind of person God likes to bless. She teaches class every Sunday morning. Amen? She teaches class after church on Sunday morning. So her Sundays are long, but you know what? She loves God, and she loves God's people. So what matters to God matters to her. What matters to her matters to God. Praise God. That's the favor of God. And then you 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 called me yesterday. Don't cry. Tell me. What happened yesterday? I forgot what it was. Oh, no, not know what it was. She's fixing her mama's house, and, and she's wanting to sell it, but there was a certain kind of siding she needed, and so she goes to buy it, and she was going to have to either go rent a truck, take the truck, load the stuff up, take it to her mama's property in Brookshire, Brookshire, and then unload it, take the truck back, get her car, and then drive all the way back. It was going to be a, a kind of an ordeal. She didn't want to do it, but she said, well, okay, that's what, the way i have to do it. I'll have to do it so I can save a little bit of money. Well the guy says, you know what? I'm going I'm going that way. Yeah. He was gonna do it charge her a delivery fee, or she was gonna have to rent a truck and do it herself. Those were her two options. But you know what? There was another option called favor. The favor of God. She didn't ask for it, she didn't say anything, but but the favor of God, he said, You know what? I'm gonna be making a delivery out that way anyway. I'll just do it for you. Why? Because what matters To God matters to her. So what matters to her, hallelujah, y'all preaching good today. And so that's the favor of God. And then this week, I was so excited. I was at the grocery store on Monday, and this might not seem like a big deal, but if anybody's ever waited in a long line, long line at the grocery store, I was getting ready to check out Michelle, and there was a long line at every line. Every single one was long. And I wasn't really in a big hurry, but I just don't like long lines. I mean, I'm willing to just be happy. If I have to be in the line, I'll just, you know, look around, smile at people, talk to people, whatever. I'm just going to – it's going gonna to be a good time if I have to wait, amen. But I'd rather not. I wanted to get home and, and get things put away. I had a big busy schedule that day. And so I'm standing there about to get pick a line to get in, and this lady walks up to me. She said, follow me. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow her. I followed her. And she said, hey, Arthur – open up register one. Go right over there. And it was register number one. There's just something about register one. But see, she used her power, her ability, and her influence. She had power over Arthur. She had power over register one. She said, Arthur, open up register one for her. Go ahead. Now, I'm in the back. Why did she ask somebody who'd been waiting 10 minutes? Because what matters to God matters to me. So what matters to me matters to God. Hallelujah. It might be a little thing, but sometimes it's those little winks from heaven that let you know he's right there with you. And then Friday, y'all see the tables back there, Everybody, just turn around, and look at the tables back there. Those are some anointed tables. They are anointed. They are, they're clearly anointed, aren't they, Tamar? They are anointed. I've been wanting those tables ever since I knew I was getting this space. I had a, a vision in my mind of the style that I wanted our church to be. And I went in at home shopping for stuff when we didn't even have the lease on this place yet. And I found those tables, and those tables had a little um, you know, plastic card thing sitting up on it that said $499, which I thought was a little high, but I really wanted those tables. I've been watching them. I've gone in several times, Rosemary, to look at them to see if maybe they were on sale or if they'd come down or if they were on clearance. I was just hoping because I really, well, I even thought about, I'll go get this stuff and make my own. But I went in there the other day. Tamar was here, so I said, come on, let's take some double anointing up there. I just feel like I just want to go look at them. You know, sometimes you just got to go visit what it is you want. Just go visit it. So I go in, and, I, and we, we get some stools and sit down, see what size stool we need, because we're going to get some really cute bar stools that go with them. And, and uh, so we're, we're looking at bar stools, and I'm like, this just seems so high. Why would this table be 4.99 by itself when there's a table and chairs right next to it for 3.49? It's got four chairs and a table. That just things it just don't seem right. So we're sitting there, and I got to looking at that little card. I'm like, wait a minute, let me look that up online, see if I can find it somewhere else cheaper so I can put the name and the number that was on it. And lo and behold, it wasn't the, the, the picture and the price was not the table I was sitting at. It wasn't the same one, but it's the same card that's been sitting on there since May of last year. So I went up front, and I got the lady to come back. I said, can you tell me, is this, is this, do you have a sign that says 50% off plants? It's been here a long time. Is this, is this table by chance on sale? She put the gun underneath, and she said, this table is $249.99. I'm like, what? That's half price. I said, I'll take them. I said, how many do you have? She goes, let's go see. She had five. I said, I'll take all five of them. I said, do you have a coupon right now? She said, I think we got a 25% off coupon. So I pulled it up. Coupon was expired. I said, can I use it anyway? She said, let me ask. She asked the lady and the lady uh, on, the, on the thing. She said, I got a lady here. She's buying five tables. She wants to know if she can use the expired 25% off coupon. She said, yeah, I'll let her use it. Just tell them, tell them to tell her they got to override it and tell them Judy said so. Judy, 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 Judy. <laughs> Judy, 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 Judy. Hallelujah. I was me a little shout right in at home. Woo, Tamar came around the corner. I'm doing this. Woo! Because she had gone to the restroom. While she was gone to the restroom, God had moved. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Because if it matters, what matters to God matters to you. What matters to you matters to God. Praise God. So voila! There's the tables. Yuri and Pastor Robert helped me put them together yesterday. Glory to God. Woo! I'm so excited. Verse 8 and 9 of the message says, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways. So that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the winds, given to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out and never wear out. Oh, that's so good. All right, let's look at number two. There's a system to tap into God's goodness. There's a system that he gives us to tap into his favor. Number two, God's more than enough system. What is a system? Let's look at the definition of a system. It's a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. A set of principles or procedures according to which something is done. An organized method. It's order, arrangement, structure, operation. The earth is a system. The earth is a system. It spins on its axis. There's night and day. There's cold and heat. There's seasons. There's winter. There's summer. There's fall. There's spring. Amen? If there's a system in the earth, um, seed time and harvest, it grows food for us. There's animals here for us. How many of you know God knew what he was doing when he created the system of the earth? And it's part of the solar Part of the solar system. God is all about systems and principles. Amen. There's a way that he does things. There's a way that is, he says, My ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. So we got to renew our minds about what his ways are and what his system is. And when we tap into his system, how you know it's a better system? The world has an economy, but God has an economy in the spirit realm that affects the natural realm. When we get it on his system then the, the supernatural realm is triggered in our lives. Amen. Let, let me get ahead of myself. Genesis 8, 22. While the earth remains, the system will be intact. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. How many is like God's system of gravity? It's a system. It holds us down, keeps us from flying all over the place. Amen. Gravity is part of God's system for the earth. So let's look right here. Number one, God created a system for us here where our money is actually spiritually blessed and protected. It's a system for us. He created it for us where our money, our possessions, are spiritually blessed and protected. Romans eleven sixteen. 16. It says, for if the first fruit, circle that word first fruit, if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So when we get in on God's system of tithes and offerings and first fruit giving, when we get in on his system of giving into the kingdom of God, it causes a spiritual blessing to come on what we have left or what we call ours. The 90% that's left, the possessions that we have, it causes a spiritual blessing to rest on it. Because we bring in the tithes, it becomes holy, amen? It's holy. The tithe already, the Bible says the tithe is holy. You want to get it out your house, because it's not yours, it's his. The 10th part belongs to God. We return that to him, and we still have 100% of our money, right? So that 90% is really our 100%. Then we give offerings over and above. We offer to him. You know, every week we give. we sow an offering into the kingdom of God, besides our tithes. And then... We do special giving, like our first fruit offering that's coming up on April the 7th. We're preparing for that. That's about this time, of this season of fasting and prayer. We're asking God, Lord, what is my first fruit offering? What would you have me to give? What would be a God-honoring seed that I could pull together and come and offer on the 7th? It's a a special giving, but it's all part of God's system to to cause a spiritual blessing to come and rest on what we have. Look at Malachi 3.10. He says, and try me now in this. And what in tithes and offerings? If you go up to verse 8 and 9, he talks about, about tithes and offerings. He says, and try me now. Try me now. Try my system, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. See, it goes back to that principle. If what matters to God matters to you, what matters to you matters to God. See, people getting saved and raised up in firm foundation matters to God. People getting taught leadership skills in our leadership development class, that matters to God because it is proven to raise up leaders that are still standing to this day. So we're raising up more leaders this year. and Then we go raise up ministers after that. and, And that matters to God. So when we give our tithes and our offerings, it keeps the work of the ministry going forth. Amen? God's gospel, it keeps the church going forth. You know, I'm so excited. We got a call yesterday from somebody who saw the sign. I'm so excited. Amen? And God is going to begin to bring people in like that. I'm so excited. And we have a, a place to get them to get them into the word. So it matters. That's why we give tithes and offerings so that the the work of the church, the work of the ministry, keeps going forward. Amen? Now look what he says. He said... I'll pour you out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11, now look at this. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So that means you've got to have an avenue of blessing, a place for him to bless you. God don't bless lazy. You've got to have a J-O-B. That's not a four-letter word. It's a three-letter word. Job. You've got to have a job. You've got to work. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. You, there's got to be something you can do. You've got to have a fine. Say, Lord, where is my vine? Because if you're looking for a job, your eight-hour-a-day job is to find a job. You can't lay up and watch cartoons, play games. No, you got to get out and look for a job. you got to find a job behind your neighbor and say, you better get a job. Amen. But he says he'll bless your vine. He'll bless it. And then he rebukes the devourer. He, he rebukes. He said, you know, he puts, a, he puts a hedge of protection. He stands between you and the enemy who would come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he stands and he says, no, uh-uh, no, not, not this one. This one is protected. Tither's blessing. Get back. You don't even have to do it. God does it. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Come on, it sounds like your your, your your money would be spiritually blessed if you were a tither and a giver, right? All right, number two, it's up to us to align with the system. He's put in place for kingdom prosperity. So he's put it there. He's got the system, but it's up to us to align with the system and get into it. And once you become a tither and a giver, you really will never go back. Because once you've been a tither and a giver and you say, well, I'm going to stop. I'm going to keep the tithe this week. The wheels come off. (laughs) You don't want to ever stop being a tither and a giver once you start because you don't want that spanking. You really don't want that spanking. I'm telling you, I know I tried it one time and I knew better. Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house or firm foundation in my house or leadership development or children's ministry in my house or the word going by on Sunday morning. It says that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I'm not open for you the windows of heaven, pour you out such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. Luke 6.38, what does it say? Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure. Press down, shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So see, that's God's system. He says you give, and it shall be measured back to you. Now how is it coming back? It says shall men give into your bosom. Favor, come this way. Arthur, open register one. Tables that are held up for almost a year with the wrong sign on them just for me. Just for Acceleration Church. Y'all ought to feel special. Favor shall men give into your bosom. but the same measure you use, it's measured back to you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. And remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings that's god's system that's his system proverbs eleven twenty five the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will be watered himself hallelujah so we're preparing for our first fruits offering on April the seventh and this is where we're going to honor God with a special offering we did this back in October November but what're what', we're, what we're, this time it's first fruits. This time we're looking over what we have and we're taking the cho- the first and the choice part. And it's kind of like, you know, we're honoring him with the first fruits of our increase. And here's another way that you can give a first fruit offering. It doesn't have to be at the beginning of the year. It can be at any time you receive increase. Increase like this. Let's say you get a promotion and your pay goes up. Okay. You're used to living with this pay right here, right? Well, your pay just went up to here. All right. You take that first check the increase on that first check the extra and you give that to god on the first check then that's a first fruit offering you gave him the first the first of it does that make sense everybody understand that and then from then on you just choose from that to just just sow an offering to the lord because you're you're offering at a higher level now because god's increased your life see don't forget that god's the one who blesses us don't forget, he, you know, we have a tendency to get amnesia. When we get blessed, we forget. He said, whenever you come into the land that the Lord your God has given you, Timothy, when you come into the land of his goodness, you come into his promises, he says, and you're living in these cities you didn't build in these houses that are filled with all good things, he says, be careful that you don't forget the Lord who, your God, who's the one who got you there, and you say, I did this by myself. How can we do that? But we do. So don't forget. When you, when, you, when you go from here to here, they'll say, oh, goody, look what I did. I've been getting there early, getting there late. No, you, your ways please the Lord. And God caused favor to come on your life so that you could have a promotion. And so take that first check, the difference in that first check from what your old check was, do the math, down to the penny. And give it to God. Give the whole, the whole increase portion. Let's just say you were making seventy-five dollars a week, and now your pay is going to be a hundred dollars a week. I hope nobody works for that little, but I'm just saying, just to make the math easy, because I'm blonde. Okay, so you're, now you're getting a hundred dollars, right? So you would take twenty-five dollars and give that whole twenty-five to God for one week. You're used to living on this anyway, but give it as a first fruit offering, and watch God blow your stuff up. Hallelujah. It's his system. It's his system. All right. So, first fruit offering. So did I do number three yet? The motivation of a first fruits offering is that we honor God from our hearts. That we honor God from our hearts. First fruits. God wants our hearts. He wants our hearts to be full of love when we give. It's a deeply worshipful opportunity. He wants our hearts. A heart full of love that honors him. Matthew 15, 8, it says, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. You might even put an envelope in at the end of the end of the service. You might even press uh, OK on give. You might even do that, but maybe your heart is far from him. He doesn't want that. He wants your heart to be in your giving. He says, Honor. They, it says, They draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They have removed their heart Far from me. Their hearts are somewhere else. Whew. Our first fruits day is an opportunity to be present and in the moment with God. How many of you know you can go to a birthday party and not be there? You can go to church and not really be there. The lady I talked to on the phone yesterday, she said, you know you can go to church and just be there. I said, oh, yeah, I do. I'm a pastor and I've done it. Sure Have. Gone through some stuff. is was real hard. I did all, it, it was all I could just to get there. So, yeah, I understand that. But sometimes your, your, your heart is not there. You can be there and not be in the moment. God wants us to be in the moment when it comes to giving. It's a worshipful time. It's not just the end of service. It's a worshipful time. It's a time that he wants us to be present. God doesn't want us to be there and not be there. He wants us to be there. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, let each one give. As he's made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves. Put a circle around that. God loves. He loves and he takes pleasure in. Prizes above other things. Prizes above other things. And is unwilling to abandon. Or to do without. A cheerful. Joyous. Prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. This next passage of Scripture is so beautiful. It's where all the people, where David stepped up to give publicly for for the building of the house of God that he wouldn't even get to build. He could just gather the stuff, and Solomon was going to be the one to build it. He had a, a time of public giving where he stepped up and he said, because I've set my affection on the house of my God. I've given to the house of my God over and above my own special treasure of gold and silver. I've given. And after, after he, he gave, he said, now who, who then will join with me and consecrate himself and be willing to fill his hands to the Lord today? Who's with me? And the leader stepped up and publicly gave and it told how much they gave. And then all the people of Israel stepped up and and came forward and brought their offerings all to one place publicly in one day. It was a beautiful thing. And listen to what David said. I love David. I love, I love how he could articulate things. First Chronicles 29, he says, And here we are, O God, our God, giving thanks to you, praising your splendid name. They were giving thanks to God and praising God while they gave to build the house of God. We're building something here, Acceleration. We're building something here that will go on I declare long after I've gone to heaven. I declare something that will that will that will be a legacy. I've come too far and I've worked too hard and some of y'all have worked right alongside me. It will not end. God's blessing is on this church and on this work. It's a sovereign work. And it's going to go forward. Should the Lord tarry, it's going to go on and on and on and on. Amen. We're building a legacy here. So we're building something. They were building something. And while they were giving towards building that house for God in Israel, he says, we're giving thanks to you and we're praising your name. He said, he said, but me, who am I? Who am I? And who are these, my people, that we should presume to be giving something to you? Everything comes from you. Everything we have. Everything comes from you. All we're doing is giving back what we've been given from your generous hand. There's a joy and a celebration that comes only when you give to the work of God. There are other joys in giving, but there's a special joy that we get when we know we've given into the work of God. Something that's going to go on and on. It matters. It matters, y'all. I thank God that people gave when I came into the kingdom and that Brother Don and Sister Sandra and the whole church, well, they were there to, to raise me up. When I got there and didn't know come here from Sikkim, I didn't know nothing. But I thank God that people were given then so that there'd be a church there for me to get raised up in. And I thank God that it, it mattered then and it matters now that we're building something that's going to last. It's not just about what happens here, but it's about eternity. That's the real life. It's about people finding eternal life. First Chronicles nine nine it says, Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And the people were filled with a sense of celebration. All that given, and all given willingly, freely. And number four, his system of honoring him financially is a demonstration of our faith. And triggers the supernatural power of God to operate in our finances. It's a demonstration of your faith. You can't say, I'm trusting God for finances and not be a giver. Because it's his system for getting blessing to your life. It's his system. Amen. Somebody say, supernatural power of God. Ooh, he's able to do things that your paycheck can't do. He's, a Favor can do stuff for you. That that money can't do. The supernatural favor of God. Because if it matters to you, it matters to God. Amen? Because I'm a giver and a tither. What matters to God matters matters to me, obviously. Amen? James 2.17. Unless faith produces action, it really isn't faith at all. Try me now. He says, try me now and see if I won't." I dare you. I dare you, he says. Proverbs 3.9-12. Through 10 says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with the more than enough. With the overflow. With the more than enough. Ecclesiastes 2.26. I love this. I love this. It says, to the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. Favor, favor. Do we need to read that one again? I think we shall. To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. Woo, that's good news right there. (laughs) We could about drop the mic and go to the house on that one. But David gave an offering. He gave an offering when there was a plague in the land and people were dying. He went to the, to the threshing floor and he bought the threshing floor. He bought the cattle. He bought everything. He said, I will not give my God something that doesn't cost me anything because Aruna was going to give him all he needed. He said, don't let me buy it from you. And he offered right there to the Lord. And when he offered to God, it stopped the plague. What's been plaguing your life? What's been plaguing your life? I'm telling you, sow a seed and watch God do the supernatural in your life. And then Solomon gave an offering. He offered up a 1,000 bulls on the day that the temple was finished. a 1,000 burnt offerings of bulls. He offered them up before the Lord. And that night God came and said, ask Solomon, what do you want? Anything. And he said, Lord, that I might receive wisdom so I can deal wisely with your people so I'll be a good leader. I need wisdom. I'm just a child. He said, because you didn't ask for riches or for the the hand of your enemy, he said, I'm going to give you riches and wisdom such as no one has ever had. He sowed a seed, and he got riches, and he got wisdom added to his life. The widow gave an offering. She gave an offering, and she was sustained through the drought, through the famine. She didn't miss a beat. The jar of oil did not run out. The bin of flour did not run out. Peter gave an offering of his boat. He let Jesus preach from his boat. Jesus said, launch out into the deep for a catch. Fish ain't biting Jesus. But they went out and he did. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll cast out the nets. He cast out the nets and he received a harvest of fish that filled several boats. The boats were sinking. He caught so much. But he gave the offering of Jesus using his boat. Mary, Gave her alabaster flask of ointment that she'd saved up. It was worth a year's wages. She broke it and poured it out on Jesus' head. And what happened? What happened for Mary? We don't know what happened financially, but I can tell you this. The ones who told her to shut up, Jesus said, you don't tell her to shut up. She did this for me. He said, I'll tell you what, wherever my story is told, her story will be told right next to mine her story's being told today because of her what? Her offering. Who, The barren woman gave to build the prophet a room because he kept going by day by day and looked weary. She said, let's build him a room. Let's put some, a bed in it. Let's put a chair and a table so he can come and he can rest and, and find a place to refresh himself, the man of God. And, and so she built the prophet a room. And then what happened? He said, what is it you need, woman of God? And and, and his his servant said, she doesn't have a son. She's like, don't even play about that. Don't even play about it. The man of God said, by this time next year, you're going to have a son. She, this woman who was barren, received a son. Why? Because she gave an offering. Because she gave a seed. I'm telling you, it's the breakthrough that you're looking for in your life. Abraham gave an offering. He said, God, what you going to do seeing I go childless? What you going to do? What you gonna do? You promised me a child. You promised I'll be a great nation, but only Eleazar—he's gonna be my heir because I, I don't—I still don't have a child. God said, "Bring me an offering. Bring me an offering." So he brought him an offering, and he cut them in half and laid them, laid them side by side out for the Lord. And, and as he's about to go to sleep, these buzzards came and he had to drive the buzzards off of his offering. So the Lord, he said while he was about to sleep, he said he saw a burning torch and a smoking oven come and consume the offering. And that was God walking through the pieces because that's how they would make covenant back then. They would, the, the, the person making the promise would walk through the blood and make a promise. And that blood could never, that, that blood caused it to be a blood covenant that you could never go back on a blood covenant and so God himself walked through the pieces and he said your people you're going to have a son you're going to have a son not Eleazar but one from your very own body is going to be your son You're going to receive a son, and and, and his descendants will be in Egypt for over 400 years. But he said, with a mighty hand, I'm going to bring them out. He started telling Abraham things about the future that he couldn't even fathom. I'm just wanting a child. But he began to tell him about the future. But it was because of his offering. Because of his offering, God started to talk to him. What is it that you need to know? What wisdom is it that you need? Bring him an offering. When you're really serious, come on, when we really say, money is serious. Our finances is a serious thing. He brought him an offering. God started talking to him. Then I started thinking about Abraham and offerings. I began to think of something that i would never thought of before. God said, you know, once Abraham received that son, Isaac was born. He's grown up. God says, take now your son, your only son. Take him up to Mount Moriah and offer him to me there as a burnt offering. Now you've got to say, God, how dare you? I believe 20 years for this child, and now you want me to go burn him up? uh, Abraham never said that. Abraham got up, loaded the donkey, said, boy, come on, let's go. And Isaac carried the wood on his back. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? He carried the wood on his back up the hill. And Isaac said, here's the wood, here's the fire. Where's where's the sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice? Abraham said, the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice. But God couldn't do it until there was an offering. The harvest of the Son of Man coming couldn't come to the earth till there was a seed on the altar. He laid the boy on the altar, put the fire underneath. He lifted the knife and was ready to plunge it in the boy's heart. And an angel cried out to him, see, see, Abraham knew, God, you said in my seed, Isaac, that everybody would be blessed. So I believe if I kill him, I burn him up, you're able to bring him back from the ashes. So he received his son raised to life again. He received a resurrection in faith before he even, he, he was so convinced that God would do what he said. He, w- he was ready to do what God asked him to do, but God, God said, he had an angel call him, Abraham, Abraham. Don't kill the boy. I know now that you fear God. And he turned around and he looked. And there was a ram in the bush. Caught already in the bush. So he took the ram and he and Isaac offered the ram there. And worshiped God. But see, Abraham sowed a seed. For God to send Jesus. That in Isaac... His seed would be blessed. But, but I love the way it says it here, the scripture. It says, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. He can't be talking about Israel because he's saying all the nations of the earth. He's talking about his seed on that altar, Isaac. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham had to obey and put a seed on the altar so the harvest of Jesus could come. Offerings are God's system. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave his son as a seed because he believes in harvest. He would have many sons. You and me. Jesus was the seed that brought the harvest of you and me. Many sons. He's an awesome God. So I want you to be stirred up about your seed. I want you to be stirred up to give and to sow. To pull together a seed for April the 7th that will honor God. To be grateful for God. Only you could do what you've done in my life. Only you could do it. So I'm going to honor you with my heart. This seed represents my heart and my love for you. And, and, And it's not about equal Amount. it's about equal sacrifice. God knows what's a sacrifice to you. He knows. It's between you and God. Amen. That We bless you this morning. We thank you for your word that's been sown in our heart. We praise you, God, and thank you so much for your goodness. We praise you, Lord God, that, that you put this system in the earth for us to prosper through. So, Lord, may we see it and see the value of your system, that we would not think of it in a bad way or a wrong way. But, God, it's your, it's your way. And so, Lord, we get in, we get in agreement with it. God, we, we, we love you so much. We're so grateful for what you've done in our lives that, God, we, we, we give our offering. Any need that we have, God, we sow a seed, and we believe that you're able to answer. So we thank you for it, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: <coughs> so I want to tell you a little story about this week. <coughs> Living with you is amazing. It really is. She says this stuff around the house, and, and you know, this is not going to happen. You're know, like, getting this place, right? So, I know she talks a lot about her sister and her brother-in-law. You know, her brother-in-law doesn't believe in, doesn't believe in God. Um, this probably is nice, but he thinks he knows everything.
0: With he kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> he's an awesome guy. He's really smart.
1: Anyway, so, she, you said you were going to buy him a chair, right? So, that's, that's. That's a miracle if he comes in church. So last week he's in some type of, we call it a crisis, but a big decision. I, I've, I've met him twice, once at Thanksgiving and once laying there two days later in the hospital. So he's in this decision period. So what does he say? He wants to come yeah. have dinner.
0: Acceleration Church app. You can give to the app. But this is the, this is the time now where we honor God with our tithes and offerings. Amen. What a wonderful day. Murray and I are, are uh, jetting off to uh, Florida. It, what time is it? Are we good? What time is it now? What time is it? Oh, we, yeah, we got to go. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. I love y'all. Y'all stretch your hands out toward me. And uh, Kevin, come pray for traveling grace overs. Come here, Murray. My love, please. Thank you.
1: Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this wonderful message you brought to us through our pastor. Father, we just declare right now that they are safe. They are protected. We declare traveling grace. We put their angels on assignment to protect them and keep them safe in every single way that they won't even trip. Father, we declare favor surrounds them like a shield, goes before them, makes the crooked places straight, and causes them to receive preferential undue treatment. We declare it all in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. But well, wasn't that a great message this morning, y'all? y'all? Y'all need to y'all need to show some love for you.